Well, love it or hate it, Christmas is back. This year, after three years, we can have a normal Christmas again. Uh, I'm sure for many of us, that's just a relief, isn't it? Well, I want to find out what it is that you love or hate about Christmas. So I've got a few things I'm going to show you. And if you love them, I'd love you to put a hand in the air. If you, you know, not so much, then you can keep your hand down. So what about this one? Here's the first one. Um, Christmas jumpers. Do you love Christmas jumpers? Okay, yeah, a few of you. Definitely the ones wearing Christmas jumpers had their hands up. Um, Okay, next. Brussels sprouts. Oh, there's quite a lot of hands up. Okay, great. Some of you love Brussels sprouts. Uh, Oh, yes, next one. So Christmas music. So it doesn't just have to be Christmas FM, but, you know, like if you like a bit of Wham or the Pogues or whoever it is, yeah, a few hands up for that. Okay, uh, one more. This is relatives, okay? That's supposed to be your relatives. So <laughs> seeing your relatives at Christmas. Interesting. I think those who've got their hands up are sitting beside their relatives. I'd say that's most likely. Um, some of us love Christmas. We love the decorations and the presents and the lights and the trees and even the Christmas jumpers. And, you know, if that's you, you might find it hard to believe that some actually don't. Uh, Some really wish Christmas would just sort of go away. They quietly hate it. Because, you see, for some, Christmas isn't fairy tale escapism, a nice escapism from reality. It's actually a reminder of reality. And maybe it's you this year, that this year, actually, as Christmas comes round, well, this year you can't afford the Christmas that you wanted, or you're not in the home that you thought you could afford. Or it's the reality that that loved one isn't here anymore, or has never been there for you at Christmas. And you know that all the presents and all the wrapping, it can't actually hide that reality and cover the pain. You see, for many, there's actually a darker side to Christmas. But I think what a lot of us forget is that the original events had a darker side as well. You see, what we find as we look back into the history is we heard that last reading that we had and the poem was echoing some of it, is that there were two attitudes to the coming of Jesus. So there's the magi, the wise men, They want to worship Jesus. Their attitude is one of love. But then there's Herod, who wants him dead. His attitude is one of hate. And we're going to look at those two attitudes. So the first one, the wise men, well, they want to worship. Listen again to the beginning of that reading. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, those magi, wise men, they were most likely wealthy, influential, educated people. They had real status. And they leave home. They travel hundreds, actually probably thousands of miles. And when they find Jesus, What do they do? Well, listen again. They were overjoyed. 
On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. But that's not all. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. All this to a child. Why? Have you bought all your Christmas presents yet? No, it doesn't sound like there's a great sort of response to that. But if you have, and you want a bit of entertainment, okay, this is what you need to do, especially as it gets closer to Christmas Day, okay? You go to Boots, you stand near the bath products area, and you watch the men. (laughs) And what you will see, particularly as you get closer and closer to Christmas, is that the look on the men's faces are just uh, like desperation and confusion, as they pick up bottle after bottle, go, you know, what is ginseng? I mean, uh, cocoa butter? And, and what is the difference between body lotion and souffle and oil and foam? And it is just really entertaining. And like, honestly, I've only just observed this. This isn't something I know from my own experience. <laughs> but, you know, like men sometimes, we just have no clue and we just buy the wrong presents. Is that, what's, is that what is going on with the wise men? You know, typical last-minute purchases, the wrong presents for a child? No, actually. They're the perfect presents for a king. You see, why do they bow? Why do they give? Why do they worship? I don't think they've grasped everything about who Jesus is at this point. I, I think we know so much more, but they knew he was a king like no other. Do you remember the prophet? So Herod's advisors quoted him. and Well, listen to the fuller version of that prophecy made 700 years before. As Micah speaks, writes, Here he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth, And he will be our peace. You see, this king is the king of the ends of the earth. He's the king of all. That's why these magi, foreign dignitaries, went to such lengths to go see him. Why now you can find Christians at every corner of the earth. And the proof that he is king of all, and that one day he will be seen to be, is that Actually, he's still alive today. He didn't stay dead. He rose again. Later, we're going to sing this in one of our carols. Risen with healing in his wings. He's the king of all. And also, this king is the king we all want. We're told he's the shepherd, the one who cares for his flock, his people, the one who can bring security and peace. Isn't that what we want in this war-torn, uncertain world? And when he came first, that's what he brought. So, so there's a widow. She's in turmoil because her only son has just died. And she meets Jesus. And Jesus raises him back to life again. Or there's another moment where these men, the disciples, are in a boat in a massive storm. They're about to drown. And Jesus just speaks and all is calm. Jesus gave the hopeless hope 
He, he turned tears to joy, enemies to friends. And Jesus promised that what he did on a local scale then, one day he will do on a global scale. And even now, all who worship him now experience, well, not a removal from the reality and the harsh, um, harshness of this world, but a shepherd who knows this reality, who's lived it, and who is with us in the reality, and does give a deeper security and peace. But you might want to say, well, like, if that's true, why doesn't everyone worship him then as king? Well, it's because there's another attitude. And secondly, let's look at Herod. You see, he wants Jesus dead. Um, I don't know if you've received Christmas cards this year. They seem to be like a thing of the past. But if you do, you get them, get ones that look a bit like this. Can you see this? Um, and there's just this beautiful, serene scene, aren't, isn't there? Like the animals look like they've all been to Peter Mark for a perm. And Mary has clearly just been to the Bethlehem spa retreat, hasn't she? Not given birth. And like the animals are just sort of all adoringly looking on. It's just this beautiful scene. Um, I wonder if you've ever seen this on a Christmas card. Let me re repeat some of that reading we heard earlier. When Herod realized he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in, in its vicinity who were two years old and under. In accordance with the time he learned from the Magi. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, they run for their lives. The next minute, Herod's death squad arrives. Babies torn from their mother's arms, children culled. It's not usually on our Christmas cards, is it? Certainly not in your child's nativity play. Here is the dark side to Christmas. But why? Why would Herod want a defenseless child dead? It's because he's threatened. He was king. And he doesn't want anyone else taking charge, interfering with his independence. And it's just shocking. And yet, in another sense, it's just our world. You see, this isn't unusual, not even today. In other parts of the world, today, mortars fall, missiles fly, stadium con construction workers die. In Ireland, 50,000 reports of domestic abuse in this past year. And in our lives, in, in our work, in our homes, instead of peace and security all the time, actually, well, sometimes there's bullying, injustice, harsh words, gossip, broken promises, broken relationships. As we assert our independence and say, we want things my way. Do you know, it actually wasn't that unusual for Jesus. When he grew up as an adult, he was opposed, hunted, arrested, falsely tried, and crucified. People hated Jesus. What's our attitude? Do we love Jesus? Or do we hate him? You might say, like, surely no one hates Jesus today. I mean, you might think he's a bit irrelevant or outdated, but no one wants him dead. 
Well, not openly. But if he is God, if he is king of all, then deep down, isn't there a part of all of us that would wish he would quietly go away and die? That he would stop interfering? Stop threatening my independence? And because, you know, even though he says he offers me all the things that I want, forgiveness, life, eternal life, security, peace, that he can teach me to love others and fight for fairness. He's the king we all want, even though, well, I like being in charge. I want my life to be my life. And I don't want anyone else to interfere. You see, the dark side is in us as well. But this is why Jesus came. This is what Christmas is all about. You see, how different he is from Herod and from us. Herod, he killed to protect himself and to protect his independence. Jesus, he chose to be killed to protect others, to save us from the hell and judgment that we deserve for asserting our independence. We heard in the first reading tonight these words, call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You see, he's the one who can offer us rescue, forgiveness, a life of security and peace and joy. This is good news of great joy. It's why the wise men traveled all the way to worship. It's why even when Christmas is a reminder of some of the hard times, it's why genuine Christians love this original Christmas. Do you love Christmas? Or do you hate it? Do you wish it would go away? How about the King of Christmas?